Hey y'all, this is Justin, and I'm here with my wonderful wife, Denisha, and you are listening to the Focus On Me podcast. Say hello to the people, Bunny. (laughs) Hey everybody. (laughs) Something's wrong with you. (laughs) Listen, I'm just saying. Go ahead now. Well, we're glad that you're joining us once again for the uh, continued conversation that we get to have with each other and um, vicariously with you all. You get to have it with us. But um, I think it's also a good point to say right there, we'd love to hear your feedback. So if you have any thoughts or any follow-up questions, feel free to shoot us an email. You can send it to Denisha at the Crown. LLC.org, D A N I S H A at T H E C R O W N L L C.org. Or hit us up on the Facebook page at the Focus on Me podcast on Instagram or any you know, of our personal pages. We'd love to hear your feedback or if there's a conversation you'd like to hear us have or things that you'd like to hear us address. Please make sure that you um, share that information with you. We love the feedback and we're always appreciative of our listeners and um yeah so tonight we're going to pick up with the last two love languages acts of oh, service <laughs> and what did you call it a minute ago i think i said access services access services <laughs> access services i think that's what i said um but acts of services and gifts gifts so we talked about physical touch the first episode, and then we talked about um, quality time and words of affirmation. Um, I think that gifts is one of my primary love languages to speak. Not necessarily the one that I receive love in, but how I speak love. To sp- okay, okay, okay. So yeah. for example, Christmas. And if anybody has known me or paid attention to my Facebook social media um, (laughs) profile, I love all things Christmas. And if you don't know this about our lives, our Christmas tree has actually been up since last Christmas. We did not take it down. We call it the forever forever Christmas tree. Yeah, part of the reason I didn't take it down (laughs) is because Justin didn't help me take it down. That's not part of it. (laughs) The pandemic came and you just loved the colors and it matched with the aesthetic of the house. And you were just like, oh... Well, that's all is, the public things I tell people. You can tell them. <laughs> but that's, the, <laughs> but that's the truth. So, and you know, tying that into acts of service, you didn't help me by <laughs> taking the Christmas tree down. However, our Christmas tree has been up because I do love Christmas. And I love to give gifts. Um, I always would get so excited. Prior to moving to New York, I would go spend Christmas with my family in Kentucky. And I would always load up my car with gifts because we'd spend, and my sisters would come home and we'd be there with my mom and stepfather and nieces and whatnot. And I would always say, loading up the truck, Denisha Claus is coming to town. (laughs) And I always loved like the wrapping paper and make sure, you know, that I'd have a list like, okay, so-and-so has this many gifts. I got to make sure that all of them have the same amount. Mm -hmm. And I hate when my family or people would say oh let's do a 50 dollars gift limit that was always so restricting to me <laughs> because you know i might go into the store and get my mom a 50 dollars purse and i'm like that's one gift right, right whereas i might get someone else like a 10 dollars gift a 15 dollars gift and they may have mm-hmm. three or four gifts and it just always felt out of balance right 
So I would usually say, you know, let's just scrap that limit, get what you can get, do what you want to do. And for me, it was as fulfilling to give all the gifts as it probably is for other people to receive them. Mm -hmm. So for me, like speaking that when it's people's birthdays or just a Tuesday, <laughs> like it makes me very happy to give people gifts. Um, and I love receiving gifts, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> no, you do. <laughs> the, 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 don't, don't be ashamed of it. But it's, it's not okay. as important to me to receive a gift as it is to give one. That's that's understandable. And so I think when it comes to like relationships, again, not just romantic relationships, but relationships, uh, I have trouble with people who don't have difficulty receiving gifts. Like, we don't connect well there because my love language and how I speak love is generally giving gifts. So, I have to ask you a question now. Okay, go for Just it. Just because Here of this. So, in, in, in the spirit of gift giving, right? Okay. What would you tell the audience if they are the constant gift giver? This mm -hmm. could be a rather remote romantic relationship or friendship. Mm -hmm. The constant gift giver and not the receiver. Mm -hmm. What would you tell them? Would you tell them to keep giving gifts or would you tell them to maybe just wait until you receive some? What would you tell them? Well, one of the things that I, I would really think about is, and I've had this happen, especially like around Christmas and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, I'm in the store and I see something and I think, oh, Sally Mae, not Sally Mae, Jesus. Susie Joe. Susie Joe. Susie. Because I want to use names. <laughs> I mean, I wanna, you can use. I want to protect the innocent. James, John, uh, Jessica, it's, Jennifer. It's those Sally are generic Mae. names. Look, Sally Mae. We don't. We don't fool her. She's not welcome around here. But you uh. know, I want. I want to get this for Jane. And there you go. Or in my mind, I think about all the people that I want to give a gift to. I want to show some love or some expression, right? And, you know, I'm loaded up. I'm taking all my gifts to church or to wherever I'm going. And I pass them all out. And I feel such joy. And then, you know, I've had the experience where I gave it to somebody. And they were kind of like, ah, oh, thanks. And I'm like, really? And even then, you know, the Holy Spirit will check me like, why did you give it to them? What was your motivation? And usually I'm able to say, well, I wanted them to have it. And then the Holy Spirit will remind me, well, they have it. So mission accomplished. Which I've had to check. Like, did I really want something more right. than them just having it? Did I want them to say, oh, thank you so much. I love what you did for mm -hmm. me. Did I want some, you know, Facebook post or did I want some, you know, recognition? And and like I said, generally, that's not what I wanted. Right, right. But I do know a lot of times people use gift giving for manipulative and mm -hmm. other serving um mechanisms and so some people will give gifts to try and buy love or buy appreciation or, or to develop some sense of obligation so to a person who's always giving and not receiving i would definitely say as you just said a minute ago check your motivation like why did you give it to them the other thing when people get a gift they often say oh it's the thought that counts and one of the things i like to ask people sometimes is what were you thinking what were you, not necessarily as, why did you pick this gift for this person, but mm -hmm. what did you think this gift was going to do for you? Right. Were you trying to get some sort of affirmation, validation, mm -hmm. or did you just really want to share a piece of your heart? Right. And so I think to a person who's always giving and not receiving, 
also check is the person you're giving to what is their love language Mm -hmm. because maybe their love language is quality time so you give them a gift they say thank you and then you know want to have dinner or spend time with you and you're looking for some type of reciprocity and a gift and maybe that's not the language that they speak and I do I think that's definitely makes sense Mm -hmm. um so I get—I don't know for some reason I got just questions coming in my brain now, but I think I think that or well, questions and statements. But I think um, one thing I, I, I will say is, um, what would you? Oh no, actually this is the question. What would you? So what would you tell the the, the, the person that knows that person? Because I'm sure I know the people because I talk to people who've had these issues where, you know, like yeah, you know, this I, I feel compelled. Because of the relationship that mm-hmm. we have, you know, we're nature of our relationship. I feel compelled to give them a gift, and I know they give gifts to others, mm-hmm. but they never seem to re- reciprocate anything on my end. What would you mm-hmm. tell them about? Would you still tell them to check the motivation, or would you tell them like, hey, like, well, then maybe, just maybe, you should kind of. Well, I think the other, the other Asian word is expectations Mm -hmm. have we communicated our expectations particularly in a Mm -hmm. relationship a romantic relationship right right. but you know in a lot of different types of relationships so for example we're married and christmas you know there's some conversation we've even already had about christmas right? right right here's what i expect you know i turned 40 this year and i told you Here's what I want for my 40th birthday. Right, right. Um, you know, anniversary, Valentine's Day. In, in Ohio and some of those Midwest states, we celebrate Sweetest Day, which I knew nothing about prior to moving um, <laughs> to Ohio. So if I'm dating somebody in, from uh, Michigan or from New York and they never heard of Sweetest Day and I have an expectation that they need to get me a gift in October, mm-hmm. then I'm probably going to be disappointed Especially if I did not communicate my expectation. What if you communicated your expectation? Then the question I would ask is, why is that person not? So if we were together, you and Mm -hmm. me, we are together now. But if you're buying gifts for, you know, and and this is actually an episode Everybody Loves Raymond. And to our listening audience, we know how we feel about TV shows. But um, Ray gives his mom this wonderfully meaningful, expensive gift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his wife's kind of like, oh, that was really nice. You put a whole lot of thought into that. You did for months and months and months prepared for this gift. And every year for Valentine's Day, birthday, Christmas, anniversary, I get a pair of pajamas. You bought me the same pair of pajamas every <laughs> year. Like I've got five pair of the same pajamas and was really highlighting the difference with why it was that you were able to put all of that thought into this gift for this person, but not for me. And I think that can lead to a necessary conversation because if your person, your spouse, your partner is always able to give right. gifts is, to everybody it, it else. It was important to know. A lot of people and they don't give it to you. I would have to wonder why. And I absolutely would have some feelings about that. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I believe that if you are whoever you're married to, you know, the Bible speaks about um, loving your neighbor as yourself. And I remember reading a book years ago. It said there's no closer neighbor than your spouse. Mm-hmm. So all of the goodness and things that you give to other people 
there's nobody closer who should be getting the best of right, you right. than your spouse. And that's my belief. That's the gospel oh, according that's, to that's Denisha. Yeah. And so when it comes to if I can, you know, spend all this money or, or energy and effort into getting a wonderful gift for my best friend, my mom, my kids, and I can't do that for you, I think that's out of balance. I think mm-hmm. something is wrong. There's That's out of order. Now, again, I don't believe in that. Oh, I don't really want nothing. Oh, just Listen, whatever you see. Folk, and then get disappointed <laughs> when people don't come through. Right. right. Like, I that's tell people setup, what man. you need. And, you know, we, you and I, our process is we send each other the list, the link, the size, the, the color, shot, you know, who everything. to talk to at the store or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. So that way there's no guessing in the guesswork. Um, the surprise is what color wrapping paper is it in? Like which one of these boxes is <laughs> yeah, the gift w- I asked for? Is? You know, versus, well, I hope or I wonder. Like, I just think that that's a denial of what we really want. And it causes more um, resentment, hurt feelings, frustration when we're not honest. And I like, think that's definitely a communication thing, too. Yeah. That's a, that's a big, that's a very big part of communication. Right. And in communications, I mean, I think we, we've talked about this before where, you know, you can't expect somebody to know something mm-hmm. unless you say something. Exactly. You know, um, now, so in kind of in light of how we have done the other, mm-hmm. the other previous love languages, we kind of talked about them a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think we took a different route, but I'm going to swing back around full circle. Okay. Um, so that particular, the, the acts of service is that mm-hmm. gifts, gifts and acts of service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. I think when it comes to gifts, mm-hmm. I think growing up, giving, being the giver, and I think mm-hmm. even now, even now, I still enjoy giving those gifts because I, I like to know that I was able to do this for mm-hmm. you know, like for you, I was able to do this for you, and the the joy and excitement that you get from it mm-hmm. is also very gratifying and satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that. Um, I growing, I, you know, through different relationships. One of the things that I have always wanted, which not until later relationships that I end up getting, was actually someone who is able or who reciprocated that same type of uh-huh. thing. Where it was usually, I think I, I remember being in one relationship where it was I came like that. That you know, like you was talking about uh, your bunny claws. You know, and you and you come with this big garbage bag full of gifts. Not garbage bags, but but you know what I'm saying. Bags. But <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying. They were very you, nice. You bags. have a giant. You have a giant <laughs> ba- a giant bag full of gifts, and then you know the person shows up with this little box. <laughs> that watch. <laughs> he shows up with this. Shows up with the. And I'm gonna just talk about it. You show up with, no with a watch. No names, but show up with a watch. And you're like, oh, like, oh, this is great. This is great. And you're like, oh, you know, someone put some thought into it until, and I and I guess overall it sounds good on paper, except for the fact that you find out that that's, there was no thought put into it, really. It was just like, oh, I just saw this. Let me just grab this. Well. <laughs> you know, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I think later, I think later on, as I got, as I got older, excuse me, I start dealing with different type of people. Uh-huh. I think it became a thing where I was very thankful and hopeful that someone would reciprocate that same type of, you know, gift giving, uh-huh. 
you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an occasion. It could just be whenever. Mm-hmm. So I think I've, I've grown to appreciate that more um, as I've gotten older. Yeah, I think one of the last things I'll say about this before we transition to the next love language is really thinking about, A, like you said, communicating. But sometimes people are very suited together. Like, I remember uh, shortly after I moved here, I took a picture of us in the store and you were walking with like 10 <laughs> shoe boxes or something and people were like man she got the right one <laughs> because of just what they know about me and I think there are some people that are suited that they don't that's not how they express their love they're mm-hmm. both non-gift givers and right. um, I think the the strength of the philosophy behind the five love languages is when you're not aligned in that area that you extend yourself and reach beyond yourself to do something from right. that other love language. So, you know, there are people, you ever see those couples where they're like all into sports and they all mm-hmm. run and they hike oh, yeah. and they do marathons mm-hmm. and they do those things together. And I'm like, yeah, y'all I used are to go to the gym with one of them. perfect for each other because, <laughs> you know. call them the Olympic couple. <laughs> right, like y'all are perfect for each other. Or you oh. see those people that they're both into sports and they, mm-hmm. you know, they may have some rivalry around what team they root for, but it's like y'all are perfect and mm-hmm. other people who are nature people and whimsical and recyclers yeah. and you know they don't spend money and they compost and they grow their own vegetables and, and it's like food. y'all work but if you have a person who's a composter and someone who loves Louis Vuitton you know that might be a challenge and mm-hmm. can the Louis Vuitton person go ahead and play in the dirt and can the composter put on a nice outfit and maybe step out on the town? Right. And I think that's where understanding the love languages, yeah. understanding the other person's love language really can be a, a relationship saving concept. Because like I said, very infrequently are people directly aligned, right. but definitely speaking their language. Mm-hmm. But I'm just glad I don't have to worry about that with gifts with you I mean I'll just tell the people <laughs> you know I, I recommended that we even maybe do a little bit less this year for Christmas and I, y'all would have thought I asked him for a divorce the way <laughs> he responded about not necessarily receiving gifts but wanting to do things for me which is a total um, blessing and um, I really appreciate that because even though giving gifts is my love language to speak I am pretty spoiled, so I enjoy being <laughs> spoiled too. So, well, so the next one as we um, start to wrap up this episode is acts of service, and we've kind of touched on this in some of our previous, yeah, you know, conversations dip, dip, dip with the, the suitcase, with yeah. you know, expectations and and all that kind of stuff, but. What do you think about the love language related to acts of service? So acts of service is can be very general in many ways. I mean something very, something simple as simple as you know like I know sometimes we'll, we'll we'll be on the way to bed and you might go get a snack mm-hmm. and you might say Bunny, do you need anything? Do you need any water? Something something that simple because mm-hmm. I might get parched. Mm-hmm. You know, throat <laughs> might be a little little dry. And I, and, I, and I might just need a little, little beverage or something, uh-huh. you know, so I can appreciate, you know, that you bring me the beverage and lubricate my throat and I don't have to worry about coughing in the middle of the night because the air is dry, and, you know, uh-huh. or even I might, I might just want 
a chip or two mm-hmm. or you know something to snack on or nibble on or something but the that that thought that it took mm-hmm. that little just, and it, it didn't take much mm-hmm. it wasn't gonna it wasn't throwing the trajectory of what you were doing off mm-hmm. what you were trying to do it wasn't you having to step out you know you going out of your way it was just something very simple and you thought about me in the moment mm-hmm. so some stuff like that to me um is very important when it comes to acts of services. It doesn't have to be something major. I know even like something as simple as, I know you could appreciate this because we talked about this, you know, just we've talked about this before, you know, where, you know, we're splitting up different bills and, you know, for you to know that, okay, that bill is taken care of. Uh It's already done. Even even though, you know, either way it was going to get paid, but it's already done, you know. That that's something that you don't have to actually have in your brain. Like, oh, did we pay that yet? Or did we, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. You know, very st- things that I think are very simple. Very, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think even even like today, you know, putting away dishes and stuff. We were talking about that stuff. You know, so very very small things mm-hmm. that probably mean more in the long run because that's a little less of the load that both of you guys have to have to bear, so to mm-hmm. speak. You know, something I was thinking about relating to acts of service that I don't know that we have hit on in line with what you were saying. And I actually want to take this time to publicly express this. I think that uh, a lot of times acts of service can feel like the laundry, the, Mm -hmm. the dishes, shoveling the sidewalk, taking out the garbage, Mm -hmm. running the vacuum, stuff like that. Um, and when it comes to like we talked about the invisible schedules and how those things can take up time even when it comes to physical stamina for physical intimacy and and Mm -hmm. being frustrated and tired or all those different things but I I often think some of and when you take the assessment they'll ask questions like I would rather my partner bring me flowers or help with the laundry. Right. You know, and they're trying to gauge whether or not you want gifts or do you want mm-hmm. service. And that's really important. But what you were just speaking to, I think, was the acts of service that are often considerations. Right. Considering you when you're going into the kitchen or mm-hmm. considering, you know what, um, something that you've been doing for me lately, which I totally appreciate, is like when you bring me water in the morning, mm-hmm. like I asked you the one time, so I could make sure I could take my medicine in the morning that you make sure that there's a cup of water or you ask me, do you want the fan on or, mm-hmm. you know, those little things. And I think acts of service are not only laundry and right. watching the kids, but even just those small considerations. And you are phenomenal with those small considerations. I think there are so many things that um, you do that I don't even have to ask you to do. Which mm-hmm. is such a blessing and such an appreciation. I mean, at times you fuss at me because I'm doing it before <laughs> you got a chance to do it. Yeah, because like, usually I'll be like, I'm, I'm like, like you know, literally, if I'm standing up from the couch, you're like, oh, I could have helped you up. <laughs> so I think I even said to you yesterday, like, save that for a time when I can't do it. Because, you know, there are certain times where I'm so tired or so exhausted. <laughs> and I'm like, help me up, please. I can't even get up right now. But, you know, that those acts of services are as meaningful as 
you know, taking out the trash. Right, right. And I think if people can find a way to just show those little kindnesses to mm-hmm. their partners, those things go a long way. Oh, yeah. Um, I laugh, and not because you are a slave or anything like that, but because this is your heart. I was laughing one day. I don't know where I was going, but you weren't here. And I was like, man, I actually got to bend down and tie my shoe. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not like I order you, like, tie my shoe or demand. You know, one of my (laughs) friends was, when he came to visit and was meeting you for the first time, he was like, yeah, you got the right person because, like, you're such a diva. And I was like, what does that even mean? He was like, I mean, you're a kind diva. You're nice, but you're still a diva. A kind diva. And it's like, and he was just, you know, seeing how you were responding to me and not necessarily the things that I require or demand, but the way that you show up and step up in those kindnesses, like opening the door and holding the door and making sure... You know, like if I'm trying to do anything, you're like, I, I got it. I'm taking care of this. And I think those acts of services are in other ways that you can express love. I know those are ways that you express love. Right. right. Even to the point where I'm like, no, let me try and do something for you. Because every time I'm trying to do like outdo you, I'm, I'm not good at it. I, I'm not, it's not that I'm not good at it. I am very good at it. You are very it. good. You're just better. <laughs> like, very so good. even when I wake up, it's Monday, and I'm thinking, all right, Man Crush Monday, I can post something. I open up Facebook, and there's 12 pictures that you already posted. Like, And I was like, oh, dang, he outdid me again. So I think that's enough. That's because I'm a morning. That's because I have to get up early in the morning. That's true. <laughs> You're not a morning person. It doesn't even matter <laughs> if I'm like, I'm going to order this for you. Or I'm going to run to the store and get a card. You know, I come home, you got five cards. And even those acts of services beyond, like I said, it's not just the laundry. Mm-hmm. And those are important. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think we can forget other ways that people do things for us and and I, I just really appreciate that. And I know that that's been something. And I want to encourage, you know, our listeners to think about other ways that we can show kindness to each other and, right. and service someone. Um, you have any thoughts, about, any thoughts about that? Service with kindness. I mean, and even honestly, it's, it's more so. Um, I think I think it's more a. Uh, Man, I want to word it correctly, but I think it's more of a direct, uh, a direct expression of love. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you know, I would want this. I would want this. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I would want someone to do this for me. Mm-hmm. So if I do it, mm-hmm. I'm pretty much, and that's kind of like hunting to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. I am literally showing the love that I want to be shown. And I think if you do that, mm-hmm. that's big. It is. And I feel really guilty. <laughs> I'm just oh, being honest. <laughs> no, I, I feel guilty because sometimes in this moment and other moments, I feel guilty because I know that there are very, 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 very few things that if I ask you to do it, you won't do it. And there are times when you ask me to do something, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and I may not be loudly saying that, but in my mm-hmm. mind, I'm like, man, I'm not getting up. But I know if I ask you to get up and give me some water, you will. So it's often that space that I go to. Like, how am I going to ask? Like, he would do this for me 
without question. And I, I do believe this is the case that in a relationship, it is one of the best ways to learn about your flaws. Like I knew this about me. I knew that I could be very selfish. I am a the youngest child, and I'm not just throwing that off on that. But there is about to say I'm the baby too. (laughs) No, I'm saying there is some truth to like that birth order thing. But like I am used to like getting my way. I am used to this and this. Like wait, wait, you got to consider somebody else. You got to consider like if you've got this much water, I'm holding my finger up about an inch. You will give me that last little bit of water. But if I can have a full cup of water, you'd be like, can I have some water? I'd be like, oh, why can't you get your own? And having to realize, like, and I think I'm better about that, but that was something I had to really learn. Like, in the context of this marriage and this relationship, like, I'm kind of selfish. And even though being single, it was like, oh, I can't wait to be married. I'm tired of being alone. But now being married, I got to share my water. Or I got to right. share my bed. But, and, but you're used to not space, doing that. Right? And so even those acts of service of me saying like, all right, you can have this last little bit of water. There's only like one thing that I don't let you have that you ask, which is usually my cookies. Or And I'm literally the talking buskin about. cookies. Like, yeah, I'm not talking about. That's not a euphemism, y'all. It's literally yeah. <laughs> like from yeah. Panera. So I'm like, yeah. no. No, those, bu- just, no, those buskin ones, you don't try to. Like, you those, just can't you don't, have these. But really having (laughs) having that opportunity to really explore my own selfishness and how much I'm willing to serve or to give has been a a definite learning experience for me that in the context of you being my neighbor, loving my neighbor as myself, the things that I'm like, okay, Denise, you got to get that together because that was pretty selfish. I will say this, though. Oh, Lord. I did kind of have a, I'll say, ace in the hole or mm-hmm. um, a cheat sheet, okay. so to speak. Because my dad, oh, yeah. you know, I watched my dad mm-hmm. care for my mother mm-hmm. the way he did forever. Mm-hmm. So um, seeing that mm-hmm. and having that model in front of me or before me, however you want to mm-hmm. say it, was a big, uh, definitely a huge uh contribution to me mm-hmm. and to the way I think I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree so, 100%. And I, I say that to your dad often. Uh, we've talked before about what it would have happened if we had gotten together back in the day and you talk about like at 18 you would have left. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think the time that you spent up close and personal watching your dad take care of your mom for all of those years absolutely impacted and shaped you and contributed to how you are and I tell your dad all the time I'll say you raised a an excellent man or if I put up say something about you on social media your dad will say learn from the best and I'm like (laughs) absolutely he did and having dated men and not only dated but counseled men who did not have a strong male role model, Mm -hmm. a healthy strong male role model in their life, I totally see the difference. Like, Mm -hmm. I've totally been on dates or been around people where, you know, they didn't open the door, they're walking in front of me, I'm like, if I trip and fall, they ain't here to catch me. Like, you all the way outside already? What happens if something happens (laughs) to me on the... You know, that, that lack of being cared for, covered, seen, protected, you know, all of that. And I think that the cheat sheet if you will or the example that you had before you on how to serve 
was so strong and and it really does sometimes not sometimes a lot of times challenge me to serve you at a higher capacity because you constantly are serving me and i want to say this right the word minister and ministry means to serve absolutely so while we're talking about this love language of the acts of service there are many people and i've seen this go wrong in marriages and relationships throughout my whole life not just as a counselor who are so strong in quote unquote ministry Ministry. yeah and their acts of service love language is so minimal to non-existent Mm -hmm. and so you know what i was just saying about I, how can I serve all these people right. and can't serve you or can't serve my spouse? I don't believe that God is in agreement with that. I believe that's out of order. Absolutely. Because even the book of James and, and uh, Timothy talks about if a man can't take care of his own house, mm-hmm. how can he take care of the house of God? That's right. It tells us if we don't take care of our home first, we're worse than someone who doesn't even believe in mm-hmm. Jesus. So if we are walking in any capacity of ministry and our acts of service, love, speaking language is low, we're out of order. Right. Because if I can sit and counsel people outside of my home for 9, 10, 11, 12 hours and can't talk to you for two minutes. Yeah. That's that's not godly. That's definitely a problem. And if we're going to talk about acts of service and ministry, we got to make sure that our love language within our home is where it should be so that way our outside ministry has validity right right well any last thoughts before we wrap up this episode today well i i, I think i'm gonna keep it probably very simple um i think that um just like any of the other uh love languages uh it's very important to find out what yours is. Mm-hmm. Work on uh, trying to hone in on it, mm-hmm. showing it, and then trying to build up on the low ends, mm-hmm. on the things that are a little lower than the others. Uh, and doing that and also finding out what your partner's love languages are and how you can help support them in showing it and support them by showing it mm-hmm. will be very, 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 very uh, beneficial mm-hmm. for the success of your relationship. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll say to it, you know, to echo what you're just talking about, understanding your love language, understanding your partner's love language, the love language that you both speak and that you, that you, um, hear or feel love in mm-hmm. as well as the way you express love because they're not always the same um, but if they are great if they're different just making sure that we know the difference so if I speak love in gifts but I receive love in words of affirmation mm-hmm. if I know that you <laughs> receive love in quality time but you speak love in physical touch right. just understanding both of those um 
expressive and receptive languages because even in learning and education we talk about expressive and uh, receptive communication and with the love languages we have to think about how we express it and how we receive it and really trying not to make somebody else speak your language Mm -hmm. if I know that you express love this way then letting you have the leeway to be that way Um, if I know you receive love this way speaking that getting outside of what's comfortable for me and coming into your space and then knowing that the other person is making that same same effort sacrifice and effort mm-hmm. that we're both um I heard a definition of love of agape love as others other centered self-giving love a lot of times we have self-centered other giving love okay. we want everybody to give to us because we're centered mm-hmm. on ourselves but agape love is love that is focused on others that gives of itself right and i think if we and and use that definition for understanding how we speak love to other people is our love is giving of ourself focus on them so well we hope you enjoyed uh this this episode and we'll see you next time share this subscribe Leave a comment. We love to hear from you. Yes, we will. And we'll see you next time. We'll talk to you next time. (laughs) Blessings be upon you.